0: Well, welcome back to the podcast Conversations with Jeff Bucknam, and uh, we are going to have a conversation today because everyone has a story. My name is Tommy Kreitz. I am the host of the podcast. Haven't been here in a while, Jeff. Because Tommy, do you? We took a break. Do you list on like you know, like your bio mm-hmm.
1: that this is something you you do for sure? This you is said, already on my resume. Tommy Kreitz, uh, pastor, next gen pastor. Mm-hmm. Harvest Bible Chapel, Chicago. Host of host of the <laughs> conversations with Jeff. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you gotten a lot of sponsorship for that? I mean, like basically, have we gotten a sponsor? Not were Working on this this yeah. summer. You just spent a lot of time trying to get some sponsors.
0: No, I. Uh, but I will now. I'll okay. see what we can get um, sponsored by. We'll have maybe a sponsorship break. Uh, we would. Yeah, yeah, it would be really fun. We should absolutely do that. But we've been we've Completely, been gone. This, this this podcast is totally for sale. It's one hundred percent for sale. You need to do some advertising. <laughs> we got you. Do you need to reach like six or seven people. Oh, boom! We're your market. We're we got a market share of something here, and uh, but we're excited to do it. And we took a bit of a break over the summer. There was a bit of a special edition when we were talking about on the money when we we're, were going through that series as a church, and you guys talked a little bit about that. But now we're back. With season three or four, I'm one of those and uh Doesn't oh, matter. It doesn't matter. But we yeah. had a whole summer in between we then did. and now. Yeah. And so what have you been doing? How's your summer? It's been good. I've been riding my bike a lot and I have a scooter. You do so have I a ride scooter. My scooter a lot. I wanted to talk about that so okay, much. So
1: I when I first got here uh last year, I was noticing that everything's pretty flat. Yes. And so I was like, okay, I think I could get around on things that aren't, like, don't cost a lot of money. Sure. And then gas was going up in price, and I'm like this, I'm like a secret environmentalist. I really am, actually. Yeah. I think it still hurts me that no one, no one, uh, um... Recycles here it, like bothers me. Yeah. Whenever I put something in the trash, you guys love putting your bottles and cans and stuff in the trash. Yeah, right in just the trash. Like, oh my goodness, this is just not right. Just put it in the just other. Say bin. a prayer of repentance every time <laughs> I do it. Um. So, yeah, I've spent this summer. Last year, I got this one scooter, and it was great. I really enjoyed it for. Is that the one
0: I rode bit. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it would yeah.
1: go up to thirty miles an hour. Yeah, I was going to say was, you got to tell was the people. Fine. Yeah. Totally. But I found that it made me have to go. I mean, long distance ways, and also it didn't have a the range. It, I could ride it to Rolling Meadows and back, but I couldn't get to Elgin and back to my house. Yeah, so I think that's what it.
0: people people need to know. Like, you don't just um like scooter around your neighborhood By the way, for fun. I, you know, well,
1: and also when I say scooter, people are hearing this and they're thinking, yeah, one of those like, sit down, yeah. moped
0: Vespa things. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I immediately think of like the razor scooter, the one where you got to pedal a little bit. Yeah,
1: it's that, but. It has
0: an electric motor on it. Yes. So you don't have to pedal. You no. don't have to do any work. No. You just well, press the switch.
1: You kind of have to.
0: It takes some balance. Yeah, but sorry. Yes. I'm not an expert scooter. That's I, I ended up you. going
1: and I kind of got addicted to it. And then my son needed a car in at college. So I said, why don't you take the car? And I don't want to buy any more cars. And so I figured, look, what if I got like the best, baddest scooter going? Yeah electric. Mm-hmm. It has a hundred mile range and it goes 60 miles an hour. Yeah. What if I got that one? Yeah. And so I did. <laughs> and it is very funny now because I ride all around the streets uh-huh. uh, and it's, people give you look really, they give you either stink eye or wow. eye. yeah. Whoa. Um, they're usually getting ready to pass me right on, on a road. Yeah. And that kind of ticks me off. Yeah. So I'm like, not today. And so I, like, seriously, I can go, because all the roads I'd ride would be, I mean, the fastest road I'd ride would be a 45 mile an hour road. And yeah. I easily, yeah. Go, I mean, I can f- easily go slow. 50, 55. Yeah, totally. On it. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah, I think that that's one and thing that shocks that them. They're it shocked, like, what it shocked the me.
1: You're going 55 miles yeah. an hour on this scooter. It
0: shocked me because I saw it like the other day. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see how fast you like took off. And so I followed you out of the church, not weirdly, um, like you knew I was there, and I wanted to watch and see, and you turned around, and you floored it, and your wheels screeched. Yeah, that wasn't even in the top, like, acceleration mode. (laughs)
1: Yeah. and you were flying like it's a Tesla.
0: Yeah, it's No, it accelerates quick. like a Tesla. Dip. It's so yep. fast. And I was shocked it's got to a learn. little
1: step on the very back of it. It does. I have saw to you put, put your foot, foot on mm-hmm. it so that it doesn't squirt out from underneath you when you push it everything yeah. down.
0: Yeah. And you literally drive an electric scooter on the road. Yeah. Like a motorcycle, but it's Well, it's, a,
1: it's on the, I drive it on the like a, like it's a bike.
0: So like on the side. Yeah. Yeah, on the shoulder.
1: Or in the lane but on the right side of the lane so you could pass me if you want yeah if you can if you can
0: (laughs) (laughs) i thought that it's just so interesting that uh that you do that and that's how you get to church in elgin i
1: get everywhere right now and meadows Yeah. yeah yeah i rode my the only first time i rode my drove my car in a long time was when i went to a white Sox game just yesterday so
0: yeah can't drive the scooter into the city
1: um well it's funny when i got there People were joking, like, I didn't ride your scooter here. And I was like, well, actually, I did look into getting on the train.
0: With the scooter. And riding
1: my scooter south
0: (laughs) from there. That's a real possibility.
1: And actually, by the time I had to drive there during rush hour, had I done that, it would have taken less
0: time to use the scooter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man. I just feel like the people have really learned a, a whole new side of pastor jeff Bucknum, really yeah, yeah because like i'm i'm a little who out, knew that
1: well as people around here probably getting to know i'm a bit outside the box yeah like, a, a little bit like I, I get bored with the, the normal everyday stuff because what's the point in that
0: i think it's fascinating yeah. so if you ever see a scooterer on the I've side been, of the road it's probably it's yeah probably my jeff. goal is
1: every time john smith drives his harley here i try to i'm parking my scooter right next right to of it. it yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> the same thing yeah same thing oh my goodness <laughs> Well, uh, that's some information that I'm sure that you wanted to know, Uh, but now we are going to get into a conversation and our first conversation of this season is going to be with Pastor Dave Learned, who is the pastor of CARE in our church, and he's going to tell us his his story because everyone has a story and that's what we're going to jump into right now. Let's go.
1: Well, here we are. You're the first guest of season three, Dave Learned. Man. Dave Learned. Uh, you are currently the pastor of care. Correct. At Harvest Bible Chapel Chicago. That's right. What in the world does that mean?
2: Well, it's a church, Jeff, in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Do you mean that part? Or no, I actually
1: the... mean the part about the care pastor. Okay, yeah, the care pastor. Yeah, so Don't basically... all pastors care?
2: No, just me. I'm the only one on staff, I think.
1: No. Um, <laughs> Not care. enough of us care. So we farmed <laughs> it, it out to you. Had.
2: The, the basic idea, Jeff, is to help more people in our church care for more people in our church. But it's to help every campus develop the, the right systems, the right classes, the right opportunities, and train people up to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're also on a lead team of this church. Yeah, I'm excited about like that. Like you're part of the people making decisions here for the church. Yeah. So what a privilege. This is as much power as you've ever held. Yeah?
2: <laughs> well, I I don't know. I mean I'm thankful to serve. I love that we're doing People it. in
1: the room are nodding. Yeah. Maybe so. Intrepidation. It's, it's quite They're possible. Like, Did you know that he's never had this kind of <laughs> as what if, if, if there's as if there's power. Yeah, no. What a privilege though to serve. And I love yeah. I love what's happening in our church. Yeah. Well, you have to say that because I'm sitting here. Well, yeah, we can talk later. Yeah. Why well, don't you talk to the listeners later when I'm not around? <laughs> Dave, tell me a little bit about you, uh, your family right now. Yeah. You have a wife and lots and lots of girls.
2: Yes. We, I'm super blessed. I, Diane and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Woo. So that's a thing. Did you do something fun? We did. We went out to Galena. You ever been to Galena? No. You should go to Galena. Diane wanted to go to a hot air balloon festival. So we found one and it was a great time.
1: So you chose Galena over like Cappadocia, Turkey. Yeah, well, there's
2: or, you know there's there's always uh, practical things in that like no. budgets and calendars
1: and. Is Galena? It's great. Is that, it's beautiful. It's in is northwest that Illinois. It's, yeah, northwest oh, corner of Illinois. Okay. Yeah, Never right heard by of.
2: By Iowa and Wisconsin, it's a beautiful spot. So, so, so you we went out there for great like time one day. We went for, yeah, two days and had a blast. So, no, that's
1: great. 25th yeah. anniversary. Well, congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you also you. have a lots and lots of yes. offspring.
2: Yes. So we are blessed with four daughters, uh, four amazing daughters. Hannah is 19 and Annika is 17. What's Hannah doing? She is a college student getting ready to start her second year. Where? At Taylor University, Indiana. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so she's doing great and having a great uh, experience there. Annika's a senior in high school, yes. just starting in uh, this week.
1: And many people who are listening to this would know Annika because yeah. she hurt her foot quite horribly. Yeah, it was awful. Well, she, about she a was year a, ago.
2: Yeah, it was uh, August of last year. She had a, a compound fracture of her tibia, pretty nasty, lots of surgeries, hospital time, and uh, man, she's doing great. Yeah. The Lord's just really sustained her, healing her, and uh, it's fantastic.
1: She and I had a uh, hurt leg at around the same time. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, although yours doesn't really compare no no offense no, to you no 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 that's fair she kind of has the fair. trump card mine was on.
1: like a uh like a hairline fracturey thing yeah i mean i played it up about as much as she did i think though.
2: you did i do i do remember that but <laughs> <laughs> no so uh yeah so annika's starting her senior year malia is starting her sophomore year and working on getting her driver's license so oh my word when does that happen it's well it'll happen next summer but now's the time to do all your your uh, uh yeah. behind the wheel so
1: so a lot of a lot of uh, where I just came from. They call that those L drivers, learning drivers. Yeah, learn. yeah, yeah. So She they, has her perm- permit here, permit, a learning yeah. permit. Yeah.
2: Okay. So that's awesome. And then Sophia is a seventh grader. Yes. So we're having a blast. And then, as if five women at the house are not enough, we just got a dog in January.
1: And it's a, and it's a female. Oh, so, of course it is. Yes.
2: Dave, that's a lot of estrogen. Can we just? <laughs> are you? you know, I heard Levi Lusco once say, and I've adopted it, that he was a minority in a sorority. So that's <laughs> what I, that's what I'm going with.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. What have you learned about women that you did not know mm. before having a, wow. that many daughters? Wow, I've
2: learned they're awesome. Like, okay. no, I, yes, no. Here's so I joke with our kids. We don't have any retirement plan. Our plan is to live with each of them three months of the year. In the but, I mean, there is there's a way that God's wired women to care, to nurture, to and it's awesome. Like, I'm very blessed.
1: In yeah. That. No, so, I'm. I I hear that. Yeah. I think my boys are going to leave me for dead.
2: Yeah, they won't remember you. No, but uh, but that's okay.
1: So no, I mean it's
2: we love it. Like- also,
1: because they're girls, there tends to be a thing when you when girls get married that uh, the family usually yes sort of goes toward the the girls yeah. side it's here true. in our society, and so. Yeah. That is a guaranteed future for you yeah in it's, many ways
2: you know the the longer story in that is when we were married three years we're like great let's have kids and it was three more years until Diane was pregnant oh wow so that was a lot that was its own story like okay what does that mean and and can we have kids and maybe adoption or maybe whatever and so when we had Hannah we're like that's amazing what a miracle as every child is and then to have two and then have three and then have four we're just like Lord you are amazing
1: and number five's yeah. on the way.
2: Well, that's the dog. So okay. uh, we're, we're completely set. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's is the dog <laughs> easier than the girls?
2: Uh, the dog is very different than the girls. Yes, and, I bet. Uh, we're having a blast. The girls uh, really love having the dog. And although I had this What reality, kind of dog is it? It is, uh, I have to pause and remember, Australian Labradoodle. It's kind oh. of like a throw rug with legs. Uh, like it's like very, the ha-
1: hypoallergenic type. But it doesn't shed, which yeah. I
2: thought was a scam, but it... It actually doesn't shed. Okay, there's no hairs to be found anywhere.
1: But it's got poodle in it though, so it that's does the have some you got to pay for that somehow. And yeah. the poodle is, yeah. the, is part of it. It's fun.
2: Yeah. We're having a blast. It did dawn on me though that we primarily did this for the kids, but dogs might live 12, 15 years. Like yeah. this is our dog at some point.
1: So. Yeah. Well, they probably yes, probably yeah. unless you can pawn that dog in its elder in its age off to one of the girls. We'll see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Dave, uh, you grew up in uh, part of. Illinois Illinois is your home state. That's right. Yep. You were, where were you born? In fact, I've never
2: lived outside of Illinois, so. In your whole life? My whole life. Not for more than, you know, a week or two vacation. You've
1: you've been outside though, right? Like it. No. You've been. Yes,
2: of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I grew up in Washington, Illinois, which is a town of about 10,000 people, 15 minutes from Peoria, which is kind of a metropolis in the middle of the state.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've been to Peoria. Mm -hmm. It's very flat.
2: It is. There's a river. That's kind of a highlight. There is? Yeah. What river? The Illinois River goes right through Peoria.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. And what did you do growing up in Washington, Illinois? Well, um,
2: I'm the youngest of four kids. and uh, Were th- All girls? No, actually. So I have my oldest sibling as a sister, then a brother, then a sister, although I'm seven years apart from my nearest sibling.
1: You're so, like the baby. Uh, yeah. Like By how did seven you get
2: years? years? Right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So a blessing, I would say. Yeah,
1: that's what your parents said. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: yeah. So so actually, that was interesting because I had great relationships with my siblings, but, but uh, because of the distance in years. How much
1: older is the oldest one from you?
2: Uh, that would be about 10 years, oh, 10 wow. to 11. Yeah. Okay. So when she was leaving for college, I'm like seven. Yeah. So that's just interesting family dynamics, and it's good. So so I uh, what did I do? I was a kid. I don't know. I grew up. No, but the, you, what
1: were you interested in? Were you the kind of kid who was out, out in the, I don't have any idea what's going on in Washington, Illinois. Is it like an outdoors paradise or is it just, yeah, no, a, it's a
2: small town. It's um, a lot of people live there forever. Like it's just, it's a great little community. Um, your
1: family's still there.
2: My parents both lived there until they both each passed away in the last 18 months. Yeah. So Sorry they were, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. So they were in the same home for my dad for 55 years. Holy just, smokes. Right. Yeah. You can collect some things in that time.
1: So did you still, do they still have your room?
2: uh my well it it existed it wasn't my room but yes the room you really was though
1: you could go back to your house not to my your, room they repurposed it yes but yeah. it still was so you yeah. could go back and be like this yep. is the room that i, I came g-
2: home from the hospital to that house and uh yeah so wow so same so a lot of stability in that right to grow up in the same yeah place and uh my parents love the lord my siblings love the lord so um let's see i was into sports what really kind enjoyed, of? Um, basketball are uh, all the, you're
1: a pretty tall guy Okay. Yeah. Well, how tall are you? About six, three. Okay. So are you the shortest in your family or are you? I'm the shortest. I'm the Well, then my,
2: my brother's taller than I am and I'm yes. taller than my sisters, but yeah. The shortest boy
1: though. He's how, how tall is he? Six, five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Bas- He probably played basketball as well. Yeah. He
2: well, um, best. yeah, he didn't. Yeah. I, so here's my crazy basketball career. I played in middle school. I did not play in high school and then I played in college.
1: Well, you didn't need to play in high school. I mean, you were that good uh, no, I was You're, not that good.
2: I, I just didn't. Did you get I a
1: scholarship in, gra- in eighth grade there? <laughs> You're like, this guy's going to be great.
2: I'm just going to hold out for four years and go straight to college. No, well, I you didn't want
1: to get injured. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> that isn't the story,
2: but it's a good one. I, um no, actually, I just, I wasn't, I don't know exactly what happened, frankly. I've tried to rebuild it. And I think part of it was I didn't really grow till about my junior year in high school. So I was not a tall oh, kid. Oh, late bloomer. Yep. So I was not a tall kid at the time that high school sports were starting so i actually ended up playing tennis through high school did then, you now yeah
1: yeah so
2: is uh, that your better
1: sport do you play tennis at one better time than it you was
2: i haven't played in forever so i've actually thought i should pick that up again but what,
1: what uh what was your best okay let, what was the best part of your basketball game like if we mm-hmm. if you were coming and yep. you were you know we're gonna do a pickup game i don't know who yeah. you are and i'm like well what yeah. are you gonna offer our team
2: well, when I was at, so I played at Moody Bible Institute, which, okay. by the way, if you think it's impressive to play in college, I always say that's the plankton on the food chain of college basketball. <laughs> so, like, that's the baseline right there. Um, I would say my best thing was like playing as a team. So it was I was not a big scorer or anything like that, but like pick, pass, rebound. Oh, you're like make the, the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the Horace Grant of the. Is that yeah. I see that local local knowledge? Horace
1: Grant of the team. That's pretty good. Yep. So that's well, that that's not bad. Was, yeah, was Moody. Fun. Was Moody Bible Institute's uh, team any good? Um, yes and no. We uh, our first year we were pretty
2: good, and then we were awful. I think we had my sophomore year we might have won three games. Oh, out of twenty something. So that's not a lot. No, it isn't. It's a very long season. And then by the time I was a senior, it got we got better again. So, okay,
1: yeah. so you're there for the rebuild. Yeah, yeah.
2: It was a blast. You know, Moody is a great school but you should not go there for sports. You should go there. You should go there. Cause you want to go to the school for and all, then if sports for all those out there who yeah, are looking for a yeah, scholarship. Yeah, to if you're being recruited, that's great, but don't, you know, that's not your best play. No.
1: Yeah. Um, tennis though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I played in high school for four
1: years. Uh, you're a righty right-handed. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. What would you what was your best your, I'm assuming your forehand was better than your backhand. Yeah,
2: that's always true, right?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, tell me I, what kind of tennis player. See, I, I played tennis, so I'm gonna ask you. Ice. You kind of a yeah. crash the net kind of guy, no, kind of I was serve more, or, No, I
2: had a good serve and I was mostly baseline, but uh, my big, big claim to fame is I got third in the conference doubles, you know, in high school. Yeah, so I mean third. That's in doubles. That's, that's kind, great. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah.
1: Well, in the high school conference <laughs> it was fun doubles yeah it was fun so what year did you graduate from high school 1990 yeah me too dave and i are actually are only days apart yeah but you're age. older
2: i mean you are older
1: dave i am older by a few weeks okay and in that time i learned it. a great deal i would like to share with you <laughs> some of the wisdom that's awesome like <laughs> in the summer of 1972 uh-huh um so you grew up in uh, in your hometown. Did you Were you part of a Christian family? Yes. Yeah. So my parents both loved the Lord and served in our church. The church was in Peoria, 1520.
2: Was it a certain way. kind of church? It was. It was a Presbyterian church. And, oh. Uh, but but so you, not, as you know, there's a whole spectrum there yes. of more or less conservative. They were very conservative, a PCA church. Yeah. Uh, sound in you know teaching of the word and pointing people to christ and so that was a great were you baptized as a baby you know it's so funny i didn't know for a long time i couldn't remember and i kept forgetting to ask i <laughs> remember no i well <laughs> i mean i guess i, I didn't mean know, that recall. to be as funny as it was but i yeah i actually just recently i had gone through some of my parents things found a, a certificate of my infant baptism well, there it is yeah. so uh yeah
1: have you been baptized since? I have. Oh, okay, I have, here at Harvest, actually. Yeah.
2: So, um, so
1: you are a true Anabaptist. Yes, correct. Being rebaptized. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I would say that. I mean, biblically, my baptism was as an adult. Yes. You know? But yeah. uh, but I understand you went tradition. somebody threw some water on you. Yeah. That kid. said that said more about my church and my yeah. parents, but my own statement of faith profession was. Yeah. You know, there. So,
1: so you grew up, uh, were you part of a youth group and, yeah. and all of that in yes. this Presbyterian yeah. church? Did you find the church enjoy? Do you like church?
2: Yeah. Oh, I love church. But, uh, even when you
1: were a kid, there was no. never a moment where you were thinking uh, to yourself, no, I, I didn't say that.
2: Okay. I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. Judge. Okay. No, I, um, I had a season, middle school, early high school, where I thought church was the dumbest thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, And that, frankly, there were wonderful people, but I think the small group was pretty, or the uh, youth group was quite lame, like flannel graphs and you know that type of stuff. Um, But I remember this: that my, particularly my mom, I would say, "Hey, I don't, I don't want to go. I'm not going." And she would say, "Well, you are going." And I would say, "Well, no, I'm not going." And she would somehow win, and she won (laughs) enough times to where I connected with the youth pastor, and he really uh, marked my life with his intentional interest. I remember him taking me to Taco Bell. And we do? Yeah. And we got laughing so hard that I had whatever beverage I was drinking coming out my nose. And I just was like, you know, it became my place. That was before the days
1: of Baja Blast, too. So (laughs) the stuff coming out. (laughs) Who knows what that was?
2: (laughs) Yeah. So, but he really took a particular personal interest and invested in me. And uh, that paid huge, you know, it, it, it helped me to make my faith my own. And I remember, I was thinking about this just the other day. So his name is Mike Austin and he, and a volunteer leader named Bill Kroll. I remember sitting with them in the church library with a small group of high school students and him talking about discipleship and how you're called to follow Christ, but you're called to make disciples. And he said, I would, my prayer and my hope is you guys will become makers of disciple makers. Mm-hmm. And I I remember at that age being like that is that's awesome, yeah. you know, just the concept of that. So yeah.
1: Well, that's a, that's pretty huge, right? When you get yeah. a youth pastor to ha- who connects with you and shows yeah. interest and is able to kind of keep yeah. you. Take so you that really was way. that
2: was a huge tipping point for me, and then from that point, I was all in. You know, I wanted to be a part of everything.
1: Well, you went to Moody. I did. So yeah. th- it must have been in high school sometime along there that you got interested enough to say that were yeah. you? I'm assuming you went to Moody because you thought you might want to go into ministry. So,
2: yeah, I think that yes, that was a potential thing. But I grew up in Peoria, which is Caterpillar Tractor World Headquarters, or was at the time. And, um, my dad was an engineer, worked for cat. My brother was an engineer, worked for cat. And I'm like, did you uh, own a cat? I was good. <laughs> we, we did no, no, own I mean, a cat. I mean that as the yeah, tractor. A tractor. No, those are pretty expensive. We didn't own one of those, but, but have I you was driven one. I have not. I've not. Do you know anyone who was? No, one? I'd love I, to go do it. It sounds like fun though, wouldn't yeah. it? So, so I was pretty good at math and science in high school. And I thought, well, I'll be an engineer and work at cat. So I was kind of had that going in my head, but, um, somewhere along the line, I think it was part wanting to get out of small town and go to Chicago and part like maybe the Lord has something in this. And in my head, I'm like, I just want to be a better person in my church, more equipped, understand the word and theology. So I went to Moody thinking it'd be a year and it ended up being four years and and confirmation of like, no, this is the path to be serving in ministry as a pastor. What was
1: your favorite thing to do when you kind of got involved in ministry there? Yeah, like what, when at you, that stage? Yeah. What did you think? Yeah. You wanted to preach, or did you just... Yeah. You, just like- you
2: know, I, so initially students, because I think that's so natural for people, right? Like, that's your only experience you've had. So you're like, great, I'll be that. I'll minister to students. But um, I had enough student ministry experience that I quickly learned other people are better at that than me. And I'm thankful for our youth pastors, because, wow, uh, it wouldn't be great if I was doing it. Um, so, uh, but yeah. And then as I developed through that, really, I would say discipleship, pastoral care, like, I... Um, God's given me the ability to lead in the right context, but I've never felt like, Hey, come on. I'm the guy, everybody follow me. I have felt like I, I do well in a team where we can partner and use gifts and focus in on those
1: areas. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, four years at Moody, mm-hmm. do you, this is, is this where you met your wife?
2: It is, which ah. is the best part by far. So she's, is she, she's from here, Diane. Yeah. Diane grew up in Bartlett and Medina. So Western suburbs and, wow. uh, and then went to Moody. So we met there. And we had we had kind of common friends and we knew of each other, but uh, the tipping point, which I'm so thankful, uh, there was a thing called roommate setup weekend. Does that sound like a small Bible college thing? Um, Ring by
1: spring or yeah. your money back, buddy.
2: <laughs> so her, she and her roommate had an agreed list of five or six like potential candidates <laughs> that would be okay, and I made the list, which I'm super thankful for, and. Uh, The thing we laugh about is the other five were like crazy life of the party, like completely different. And then you and then me and she, and I remember her saying like, he seems like a challenge, maybe try him. And she had no idea how much that was true. But, but uh, yeah, that was our first date and her, her roommate paid for it, gave us money for it, made this whole scavenger hunt up and down Michigan Avenue, go, you know, go here, go there and, and sent us with a camera, take pictures. So we have pictures of our very first date which is pretty sweet yeah yeah at a time when not everybody had pictures no no they have the know. those yeah yeah so i was just after electricity was there a point the,
1: during okay. this first date that you thought to yourself oh yeah for sure this could be pretty great for sure yeah. okay so kinda, sure. you guys and hit then, it off and
2: then the funny thing the second date was like the next week and i'm like hey diane you want to go out and and i didn't even know it was her birthday or the day they were going to celebrate her birthday, and so uh, her whole family canceled their plans, and
1: we went out for a second date.
2: Oh, and we ended up dating for about three years. So
1: wow, yeah, like the whole family canceled the plans because you yeah. wanted. to I did to go not on a know that at her. the time.
2: I did not know that. Well, that's pretty time, committed though I, on her well, part. I yeah. Here's I, a
1: signal for you, buddy.
2: Yeah, I I was thrilled.
1: Yeah, so. I bet you were. It's all that's, worked out. That's fantastic. Yeah. Three years of dating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So she was so wrong, buddy.
2: Well, she was a couple years younger, so she I graduated sooner. And I went back to my home church where I had grown up, and I did a pastoral internship for about a year and a half. And while she finished at Moody, okay, and then <clears throat> through that experience, the leaders there were saying, "Hey, we we confirm like you should be <coughs> serving in ministry, uh, but you should go get some more education." So yeah. I was pursuing wh- where would I do that? How would I do that? And she was still in Chicago, so I'm like, I'm not going to Dallas. I'm not going to. California.
1: What schools are in Chicago?
2: Well, the one I chose was Trinity. Yeah, very up close. In, uh, Deerfield. Yeah. So at the time, Moody didn't have that, an MDiv full program. But and so
1: Wheaton didn't either, I bet.
2: Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I could Trinity have afforded it. Though. But yeah, so Trinity, and that's so I ended up going there. And uh,
1: what's your degree at Trinity?
2: I did a Master's of
1: Divinity. And what was it? Was there an emphasis nope. in your Master's of Divinity? Nope. I
2: purposely didn't do that because I wanted to take electives in different areas. Okay. So some in preaching, some in counseling, some in different things. So
1: so you got involved at Harvest Bible Chapel yes. at what point then? Yeah. Because when did you graduate from seminary? <clears throat> 95. Wow. And let me
2: think a second. Uh, so Diane's brother was attending Harvest as a single man, and he's like, this is a great church. you got to come check it out. So we came, started to visit, and we're like, "Yeah, we love it." So we started to lean in. In the mid '90s, it would have been like '95, '96.
1: Wow! So the church is only like six years yeah, old. Yeah. So at so. that
2: time, one campus, uh, no Saturday night service. It was maybe a thousand people in Rolling Meadows, and uh, yeah, it was it was sweet. Like a lot of great things going on. So we plugged in, <clears throat> got in a small group. We actually got into a newly married ministry when we got married, and still there's good friends of ours in the church who we've done life together for 25 years from that small group, which is
1: pretty crazy. It's great. It is crazy. Yeah. Especially Especially in a place like Chicago, that's a little bit transient. It's really true.
2: And we have so many great young adults and couples who are here, but they're here for a season. Mm -hmm. So to have the, you know, that kind of longevity has been
1: good. So how long have you been at harvest then?
2: So attending would have been, like I said, 95 or 96. And then uh, Diane was actually on staff before I was. So she worked uh, with our, uh, Rick Donald, who was our assistant senior pastor, and then with Harvest Kids Ministry wow. before it was called Harvest Kids, I think, and um, uh, yeah, and then I got hired. Uh, I think what to do actually, what? Did, so did you get hired? Here's to what do? I think happened, Jeff. I was uh, I was talking with our staff, like, hey, I'd love to stay here and serve, and they're like, yeah, great, but we don't quite have the budget and the right role at this time as I'm graduating from seminary. So we started looking in Iowa and Pennsylvania and wherever there were openings. None of those worked out for various reasons. And then uh, Harvest came back and said, hey, what if we just set it up for six months? Let's try it and see. And so we, by, it was interesting though, because we were ready to go. Like at that point, we're like, okay, we're moving on. So we had to kind of pray like, should we stay? Mm-hmm. And and we're like, yeah, we should do this. So that was, so I got hired for six months in 1999. To do what? To uh, pastoral ministry, like partnering with uh, congregational care, small groups, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then you stuck, you're just sort of like, just keeps showing up. Well, yeah. totally. You're like the yeah, like the tick that yeah, bore or itself. Or foot, maybe.
2: You just can't quite get rid of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So uh, for that's a, okay. So, you, but you've been through the whole gamut of yeah. of uh harvest uh, excitement yeah. and difficulty. In yep. fact, Dave, I the first time I think I ever saw you was when I was looking at videos before I came here of what happened at Harvest uh, over the last several years, mm-hmm. and you were like an ever present person on a stage Mm. holding microphones very frequently yeah
2: well somebody's got to
1: hold the microphone. and then when you you were actually on the search committee Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. so you're to be faulted yeah right yeah well we each bear our burden but the you but i remember seeing you on the on the video on that call and was like oh this is the guy who is on this whole he's the Mm -hmm. he's the microphone holder yeah yeah so uh tell me first of all What are some of your richest memories Mm. of all that time at Harvest Bible Chapel? Like when you look back and you think, man, that was really cool. Yeah,
2: Uh, Two things come to mind. Life change and all the different stories of people coming to faith in Christ and growing and changing and uh, just so many different people you can think of. And then I think the other thing is watching people... uh, in the church grow up into ministry roles, whether it's a volunteer role or even a, I'm going to go to seminary or Bible college and go plant a church. And I mean, there's a guy I can think of who um, I remember he was a small group leader and that was a stretch for him. And then one day he's like, Hey, can we go to Taco Bell? I think everything good happens at Taco Bell. So we actually never, <laughs> that's go there, the message yeah, yeah. of this podcast, this, this podcast sponsored by, but yeah. Um,
1: so just as a but quick remember, aside, yeah. when you go to Taco Bell, yeah. what do you get? I don't go often. Come on, I, I honestly the, okay. Here's the, the
2: truth: cr- I really struggle with their menu. Contrast
1: supreme, I, really? Right? I don't no? know. I'm looking at other people in the room right now, and they're kind
2: of like I feel eh. like they've overcomplicated things a little bit. Oh, they have, yeah. yeah. There's no
1: question. So that. I don't know. if,
2: uh, Anyway, remember
1: the days where tacos were like seriously 30 cents or whatever? Yeah. 40 cents. Yeah. You get like 12 of them. They used to have a thing there called a Cholito. Yeah, this is back. They in the made 90s. these words up. Yeah,
2: it's not a word, but yeah. it was really good. And cheap, which I appreciated. Yes, absolutely. So I met this guy at Taco Bell, and he was like a small group leader here and working in sales. And he's like, I think I want to go to Bible college. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. And long story short, he ended up being a church planter, you know, and I'm like, that's awesome to yeah. watch. And I can think of different ones who started as interns and then uh, went to different places and some inside and some outside of our church. So that's exciting to me, the multiplication
1: of ministry. Yeah. yeah. Well, it would be, especially if you've been in the same place for a while, you yeah. get to see people go through yeah. their whole and, stages. And then I would
2: say the next thing is this is, I mean, I'm just old, right? So seeing generational things yeah. like a family who's had all of their kids dedicated as babies and then to see their kids get baptized and then to see someone get married and bring their kids back. You're yeah. like, holy cow, that's,
1: yeah. Really beautiful. Well, and then to see people who are serving in the church e- even now who might have been here when, yeah. you, when you were around and you're like, man, I remember when you were like eight. Yes. Oh, and yeah. And now you're, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's
1: really cool to watch. It is cool to watch. God's faithful in all seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this next question is, when you look back, yeah. hardest things. Mm. Can be a moment. Could also be generally like the yeah. hardest things about harvest, hardest things yeah. about ministry in general yeah. that you find.
2: I think the hardest thing's in ministry are seeing people at crisis points or crossroad points and seeing a path forward for them in full submission to the Lord and his word that will lead to redemption that will lead to life and not being able to choose that for them you know that mm-hmm. that you know making a choice that is foolish or unwise and it's just a heartbreak right because you're like so much more could be for them yeah do uh, you,
1: have you gotten to the point in your ministry where that hurts less when you see it, or is it still mm. hurt the same even now or more so? Yeah. Sometimes people get so frustrated. Some pastors are yeah. like, I cannot believe this. How, how yeah. come?
2: I think there's some, so the other thing is, you know, you do enough pastoral ministry, you get involved with a lot of loss and grief and yeah. funerals. And I I remember learning this years ago, that if you're fully empathetic, fully engaged with every scenario and every per, every loss, it's crushing, yeah. like you can't function. And if you aren't meaningfully engaged at a level of true empathy and like, then you're worthless. Yeah. So there's this really interesting, like how to, there's a tension there. <laughs> yeah, how to really walk with this family in this situation, yeah. realizing that the Lord meets their needs and you're not the savior. And you know, so what's your, what's your yeah. secret
1: sauce then? What uh, has helped you be, I mean, you've been in ministry a long time. Yeah. Is there something specific that you've been able to do? Because there are people even yeah. now that not just in ministry, but right. who are facing they face challenges and are trying. On the one hand, they, you know, they want to kind of deaden their senses because they're yeah. like, right. I can't face the right. difficulty, and yeah, then at the I same think, time, they want to be genuinely engaged.
2: I think the best parts of that, when it goes well, are in carrying it rightly. So, you know, we're called to cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us. We're called to, um, you know, uh, bring these things to the throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help you your time of need. So I think the best scenarios are when you're like, I'm fully present, but I'm letting the Lord, wow, I'm letting the Lord carry that burden. Does that make sense? No, and it that, is. And I think the other thing is just slowing down and realizing like, even if I've been a part of a bunch of funerals, this is the one yeah. for this family. Yeah. There, and, there has yeah. to
1: be kind of an open-handed uh, surrender to God and recognizing, right. yeah, I, I'm actually not the solution to this no like like and it's such a you know
2: this it's such a great privilege to partner and to minister in that space but it it, there's a cost to it as well and that's the part that i think the older you get you start to calculate like okay i can do that but i can't do the three other things that day you know like i need to put my energy into this today
1: now it requires a special touch too uh yeah yeah you're very good at it Uh, it's a privilege
2: i mean we each have what we have right yeah many one body many parts
1: Yeah. yeah keep me out of that room. That's what I tell tell people I say, Hey, can I give me counseling? I say, you don't want to counselor for me. <laughs> yeah. It'll last like five minutes. Just stop it. Yeah. What, <laughs> what, what don't you understand about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might say the same thing, but it'll take about 30 minutes and you'll nod a lot more. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, right. So, uh, are you glad that you became a pastor? Like when you yes. look back about it now, or is there anything else that you th- think to yourself, ah, that would have been more interesting to do no. or No.
2: Uh, so no. I've um I came to a point in my process when I thought I was going to be an engineer and then it was like, no, I'm going to serve in ministry. And I this is just for me. This is not a statement for other people. I couldn't see myself building tractors for a lifetime. I'm not saying that's not a worthy calling. I'm not saying you can't do that to the glory of God, but personally that wasn't the best stewardship of my life and what the Lord had given me. So, so no, I, I'm thrilled to be a pastor. I count it a great privilege. It's hard. It's very hard. I mean, there's times, you know, there's different seasons that are hard. There's different aspects that are hard. But um, but I think the Lord's really, even over the last couple of years, increased the, the joy of what a privilege that is, you know, to be a part of a church family, to have influence, and to be able
1: to point people to Him. Yeah, that's actually... A fantastic way to say that. Okay. So I need to ask you a question that I like to ask pastors All as right. a general rule. Yeah. I want you to tell me the <clears throat> most awkward slash embarrassing slash weird thing that you've <laughs> experienced or seen or oh whatever gosh. while you're in ministry. How much something time that do you have? So, well, I just I just want one. Okay. So something that when you're sitting there and you're in it, you're like, oh my word. Yeah.
2: Can I tell you one that's can I tell you two? Of course. You asked for one. but I know. Okay, so here's a funny one. I just said this to one of our pastors the other day. The church I did an internship in, there were a lot of older people. And so every day there was a pastoral visit list. And it was like, Dave, you're Thursdays. Go visit these people. Well, I didn't know a lot of them. So I go to this hospital. I go to this room, and it's a shared room. So I find the person, I think. I talked to them. They weren't super responsive. I, I don't think they could hear me. I prayed with them. I said, well, brother, you know, the church is praying your church family. And I walk out past the curtain and the guy in the other bed says, did you say you're from grace?
1: <laughs> and I was like, Oh, wrong guy. You're Harold. And so Harold, I was like, did you hear everything I just said? Cause can we just out? I got to go,
2: but apply all that to you. So in the moment, I'm like, what a dork. I totally visited the wrong guy. I just have to trust the Lord with all that. But um, so that was just a funny embarrassing. You know, thing.
1: the other guy's actually in huh? glory right now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he came to faith because he's
2: going to be oh. like, oh,
1: thank you oh. for
2: making the mistake. I pray that's true. Okay, so real time, not real time, this is years ago, but we actually, I remember this because we had an intern at the time and he was walking with me through the lobby on the weekend and let's just do the data together and we'll talk about it. So we're in the lobby, church has started, and a woman came in, and I'd never seen her before, and she had a cardboard box with her. And she, I said, well, can I help you? And it was kind of, she didn't look like she was coming for church. She was just kind of coming in the building. And she says, yes, actually. She said, uh, my my uncle died, and I want you to pray for him. And she, she handed you the box. She was with the holding box. the box with his remains. Oh, my word. And I was like, oh, and just the Lord, in the moment, I said, well, ma'am, we do want to minister to you. We do want to help you. Uh, your uncle's in eternity now, yeah. so I'm not going to pray for him, but I would love to pray for you. Yeah. And, Good. and you know, the Lord just helps you in the moment. Yeah, right? but, still. And, but, but the intern at the time, he's like, how in the world did you come up with that? Like, I don't know. I've never I know, seen that, that before. I don't know what to do. I, yeah. So that was, that's pretty extreme. But yeah, that it was is. only well, once. a
1: people don't usually hand you the remains of there. It's unusual. Family members. Yeah, it's unusual. Yeah. But you know what? If you've been in ministry for a while, you've ended up see, you end up seeing some yeah. funny... I have a friend, actually, who's, uh, he uh, he was preaching his first, his candidating sermon at the church. I was at a church in New Zealand, and yep. I I was leaving to come back to Canada, to go to Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I knew him from seminary, and so when they were looking for a replacement, I was like, oh, he'd be great, because mm-hmm. he's a New Zealander and stuff. And so right. we ended up working it out that he was going to take my place. So he came and did his candidating sermon, and I was gone during the time but he came mm-hmm. and i called him later in the day i said how'd it go and he's he's like mate so i'm preaching <laughs> and the lady in the third row keels over no she drops on the floor and they they're all picking her up and i'm just keep going <laughs> i said what, what i kept, have an outline i, I gotta said, go through keep going he said i didn't know what to do so finally oh um gosh. he stopped it was like um we should we should pray for our sister. That's a good call. So he prays, and then he he starts preaching again. Okay. So he's like, oh, my gosh, that's just terrible. Anyway, she was okay. As McGribble. I, like, I know she was right. sweet, sweet woman. Anyway, he comes back. If they say, yes, you great pastor. And he first sermon back. First sermon. This man is in the front row. Kills right over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what kind of ministry is that? <laughs> Is that a different gift oh that I'm not wearing? Wow!
1: And the man, there so they had to come and get him, and uh, wow. and then they took him out, and he was, apparently he was okay too. Maybe preaching. But is I was not like, man, thing. that sounds like Ananias and Sapphira and no stuff, there, buddy. <laughs> Were they related? Or <laughs> he <no>? said, <laughs> I I could not believe that this wow. happened on the first two times I had preached at a, mm. at the at this church. Wow! Like,
2: yeah, I've not had that happen. No,
1: I've never had anybody just. Uh, <clears throat> Although
2: I did have the the one of the moments that told me I shouldn't serve in youth ministry. Was after I taught a lesson to junior hires, you know, you pour your guts yeah, yeah. out, and you're like, "Oh, I think I'm really connecting with them." And we got all done, and the kid in the front row raised his hand. I'm like, "Yeah, Billy, what what is it?" Thinking he wants to interact with God's word, and he says, "For the pizza party next week, can I bring a friend?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, bring your friend. We're done here."
1: You know, like when I first started in ministry, I mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was asked at a to, at a Christian camp. I was working at the camp, and they yeah. said, "Would you Would you bring the message for the campers?" Nice. It's, it's this. Uh, middle school or junior high group. Huh? I, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to bring this. It's going to be so good. And I started the, I started the talk by, with this line, there's a difference between boys and girls. Mm. And then I just paused <laughs> and it started to occur to me that it probably didn't, that could go a lot of ways. <laughs> so <Yeah>. they <laughs> started chuckling. And so then I was like, Oh, okay, well I got to get back. Let me reload anyway. it here, yeah. So and I told the story about, the, uh, the, uh, Jesus, uh, sleeping in the back of the boat or mm-hmm. whatever. And I was talking about how hey, you want to be in the boat with Jesus and stuff, you know? And, uh, I said, I said at the end, I, I want to, I'd rather be in the boat with Jesus than playing with my little dinghy out there. <laughs> right. You're like <laughs> junior high is like, yeah, tough crowd. Well, that was that. Yeah, And, uh, yeah. Thanks Jeff. Remember this Thanks guy, for pa- Paul, who ran the camp. he came over and put his arm around me and said afterwards and he goes, well, it gets better from here <laughs> <laughs> that's a great expression can't get worse yeah, that's hilarious so whenever i talk to people we do we do uh you know training and in, in preaching and stuff and i'm always like man if i yeah. could just take you back couple things the first not to do Few sermons yeah. that i did <laughs> oh man oh, i was so full i was thinking oh this is gonna be amazing hour and 15 minutes later in the wow. church they're nearly all asleep yes
2: yes oh gosh lord help us that's
1: hilarious David is really good to talk to you. I want to do a lightning round though. Ready? right, let's go. Okay. Just a few, few questions right now. Your favorite okay. hockey team. It'd be the Blackhawks. Okay. I'm not a big hockey guy, but it'd be Blackhawks. All right. Your favorite yeah. basketball team. Oh, uh, that'd be the Bulls for sure. If you could eat anything at all between meals. Oh, what would it be? I mean, like I'm equal opportunity. Really?
2: Yeah. Like you cookie so, or a donut or like pretzels so today, or today you don't I have had, any
1: sugar or something.
2: Today I found a bag of pistachios and I did visit that three or four times this
1: afternoon. Did you so that's you found it? Well, I mean it was, was it, like it was on the,
2: the staff table open.
1: Okay, so somebody else brought it in. Yeah, they were eating it. That was and great. You went and stole their stuff. Yep, that was great. Okay. uh Do you miss your office? No. No,
2: yeah, yeah. what we've been doing is kind of an open office concept. There are times, and even today, I had to work on something where I had to really think and focus, and so I'm like, I got to get away from people and do that. Uh, I need, uh, so here's a funny thing about me. When I was a kid in, like, kindergarten, my mom got a note that said, please let David stay for lunchtime so he can get his visiting done. So, like, if people are around, I want to be with people. So when I got to do a task or, like, write something or really think something through, I got to get away from people.
1: Yeah. Who is the very best... Canadian slash American pastor you have ever met Mm, in the last year
2: that's in the last year
1: so I was going to say Bruce nope the very best in the last year Canadian American both citizens of both country Um, I would say it's Dwayne from
2: um, the church in Barrie you met him when you were up in Barrie
1: wait were you looking for a different answer All right, Dave (laughs) this has been a lovely time (laughs) I want to thank Dave for spending his last days with us here (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) It's great to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for being a part of the church here. You're such a blessing, and it's so great to work with you. you. The rest of you, we will talk to you next time. Take care.